Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, he. Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Season your dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. Heading into the first Friday of a brand new year. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Kevin McCarthy. Or not Kevin McCarthy. Wake me when it's over. Yeah, no kidding. Um, you know, the biggest news is the president of the United States is headed to the border. He's going to visit oh, he, the border for the first time. Well, and he's announced all sorts of brand new innovative border policies that are going to seem vaguely familiar. Trump. Yeah, I just saw, um, first of all, aren't you excited it's Friday, huh? That going back to work. That working. It's tiring. Person Four needs a, days in a row. Are you kidding? Oof. A person needs a break. Expected to do this all year? Why didn't somebody tell me? Uh, New York Times headline, Biden announces major crackdown on illegal border crossings. That's their headline. Timely. Shame. Yeah, the thing that bothers me, and I actually haven't looked into the particulars. It sounds like maybe you have. Good. Uh, But the the thing that bothers me is, okay, so even if this is real, how about you do it before you set a record? We set a record 
month after month after month after month for illegals crossing. I mean, if you're going to do it anyway, if you're going to take the political hit or make it an issue, geez, why didn't you do it a year ago or six months ago or three months ago or last month? I mean, why now? You know, show me one aspect of politics that's not just completely phony. All right. And I'll give you a shiny new dime. Okay, so we're digging up the clip because I just saw this this morning. Part of his big speech yesterday, he actually says, I'm going to go to the border. I'm going to talk to border agents. I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to find out what they need. I'm going to find out what they need down there. And then maybe then, maybe then my Republican friends will get on board with doing something about this. Wow. Wow, you have the guts to say that out loud. There's no shame. I mean, there's not even pretending to have any shame. I think maybe even in his addled state at his age, he understands in the way that Trump did in the modern America, modern media cycle, modern getting our news through Twitter and and people we already agree with, you don't have to worry about... (laughs) saying anything that doesn't make sense. You just don't have to worry about it. Truth is no longer a consideration, right. is the way I would put it. Right, yeah. You yeah. just don't have to worry about it. It's There's no penalty for, for standing up there and saying, and maybe then finally the Republicans will get on board. To, to, make, to present it as the reason oh, the border's so open <laughs> is because the Republicans weren't willing to do anything about it. Because, yeah. uh, you know, uh, people that already don't like him will uh, the, the, the throw their head back in laughter at that. The people that do like him will say, yeah, you're right, it is those Republicans. And those two paths never cross, so... I don't know, it's frustrating. We live in a weird a weird period now where you can just state anything, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I don't it's know how that works discouraging. out. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that works out over time. Oh, I have an idea how it works out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So they're going to uh, start voting again here this morning. What are they up to now? 11 votes for Kevin McCarthy? It's uh, the record now, right? Something like that. Well, it's the most votes since 1856, I think. In the immediate run-up to the Civil War. Yeah. Well, again, like I said yesterday, if this was over policy, which I assume that was, since it was 1859, 1860, right before the Civil War started, mm. I would assume that had some you know significant policy. This isn't about oh, yeah. policy freaking at all. No. I, well, and that's one of the vexing things, no matter which side of this you're on, is that the uh, dissenting 20 or so on the Repu- in the Republican caucus have a variety of, of issues and axes to grind and or just want to fundraise or grandstand and that sort of thing. So uh, well, it's, a, it's a mishmash. I learned quite a bit yesterday as listened to the Dispatch podcast. And by the way, the Dispatch is uh, their podcast, their weekly podcast is fantastic. We make money off a of podcast. I probably shouldn't be promoting a different no, podcast. No, you shouldn't. You absolutely should not. Clearly not. The dispatch. Michael, hit the dump button as if he said the F word. If you're not aware of it, is a conservative media outlet that started a couple of years ago. One of their um, founding stars, David French, just left to go write for the New York Times. So the New York Times has taken on another conservative columnist, and he is a real conservative columnist. He's not like a lot of their pretend conservative columnists. So that's an interesting addition to the New York Times. But anyway, on his way out the door, the dispatch, he said the dispatch is the best conservative media outlet in America. Um, I think it might be, actually. Mm. And uh, But anyway, I was listening to their podcast yesterday, and Steve Hayes, the founder of the dispatch, who has a lot of contacts there uh, in D.C., he said, if you talk to Republicans behind the scenes, he said to a person, House members, he said, even people that are voting for Kevin, even some of the 200 that vote, he said, he said, they all say he doesn't believe in anything. He doesn't have any particular principles. He never has. No, no, that, nobody claims. It was 
really interesting, though, speaking to the post-truth world, is nobody claims he does. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. There's no counter-argument. But it's just kind of interesting that that's, you know, the, the, the you would think if you were going to have this sort of a standoff, it would be over somebody's, he's way too this or way too that. He's, he'd, he'll be anything you want. In fact, that's what he's doing. He's standing up and saying, what do you all want me to be? I will be that. If there's just the 218 of you or whatever it takes to vote to get me to be a Speaker of the House, that's what I'll be whatever you want. I don't care. You want me to be a fiscal conservative? You want me to be a fiscal liberal? You want me to? I'll be whatever you want. I don't care. You ask me what I believe. I believe I would like to be Speaker of the House. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I believe. <laughs> My principle is wouldn't it be cool to call myself Speaker of the House? Anyway, so I need to tell. It was quite a day for me yesterday, emotionally, mm. around Kevin McCarthy and the Speaker of the House. Oh, really? Longtime listeners know that I had a uh, a beef or several beefs with Kevin McCarthy going way back to when he was a, an assemblyman in, from Bakersfield, California. Mm-hmm. And I I held a grudge against him for many years, bad-mouthed him on the air. Wow. Uh, his campaign even reached out early on to try to smooth things over because he didn't want to be. That was back when he had to care what we, what we thought. Then he became more powerful than me, so he didn't care what I thought. Nope. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, but I, so I had, I held a grudge against him for years, and then I decided, you know what? Here's my role in it. I think I was in the wrong. And now I'm back to thinking I wasn't in the wrong. He was in the wrong. Having listened to a bunch of behind-the-scenes reporting yesterday, I had him pegged from the beginning. Yeah, I, if you're to be faulted for anything, it would be a, uh, a naive sincerity. Well, yeah, yeah. In being, the world of politics. Being naive about politics, right. But, yeah. but he did to me what apparently he's done to enough people. Enough other Republicans that he can't get over the hump. And then there's plenty of people, according to reporting, of the people that are voting that are perfectly happy to see him not become Speaker of the House. Hmm. Because he's done the same thing to them that he did to me. Yeah. Well, Justin Amash came out the other day, the libertarian former uh, congressman from uh, Indiana, is it? Uh, there are too many states. Anyway, uh, he said, look, <laughs> look, the guy's a congenital liar. Oh, really? I mean, he did say just, that. you can't trust him at all. Okay. I mean, so. he said, well, here, I'll, I'll get you the exact quote. I happen to be able to see it here. Uh, he's a compulsive liar who only cares about power. <laughs> um, so yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell that story for people who haven't heard it, and I just think it, it helps explain why he's where he is politically. And I think it might be the most important thing that comes out of this whole thing. Because I don't think it's really going to make any difference whether he ends up speaker or uh, what's the poor guy that got shot? Um, uh, oh, uh, Steve Scalise. He seems to be the most likely person. If it's, but I don't think it's going to make any difference if it's either one of them. But the thing yeah. that could be important is if it turns out you can't be a complete phony and believe nothing and end up being speaker of the house. That might be. If that ends up being the message out of this thing, that well, I guess I have to believe in something. If I want to become Speaker of the House, that would not be a bad thing to happen. There's a, some more of that charming naivete we were discussing, <laughs> folks. Wasn't wasn't that charming? <laughs> well, I have comments too, Jack, as I had plenty of time to consider this and the other stories of the day. Is I waited for a tow truck for two hours. Just I mean three hours. I mean four. Uh, sorry, five. No, five and a half hours sitting in a parking lot, mostly. Waiting for a tow truck as Uh America's unbelievable labor shortage continues to rear its head. I was talking to the dispatcher. I was talking to the driver. They're like, dude, we've got one guy on the road. We usually have three. We can't hire anybody. 
Yeah, and there's news out today. Unemployment just ticked down to 3.5%, I think, while we have 10.5 million open jobs and uh, the lowest job participation rate in forever, which means there's a whole bunch of people ain't working, but they ain't looking for work either. No. That's why employment's low. They ain't looking for a job. I'm going to take a shot at this. The, 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 the guys who used to be driving tow trucks are towing bathtubs full of government money to their homes. Wow. And and so they, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. <laughs> when, we do the, when we do the show for real, this is just the run through. You'll get that, right? Yeah. Sometimes they come together. Sometimes they don't. Let's get this show started officially. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. Friday, January 6th, the year 2023. No donuts for me in 23. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's begin then officially. Oh, I, I ought to point out my fancy pants car has no spare. That's why I didn't change it myself. So I just, before Jack berates me for not changing itself, uh, changing it myself like a real man, I thought I would put that on the record. Anyway, here we go officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations, leaping into action at Mark. Do not just show up at the border. Stay where you are and apply legally from there. Starting today, if you don't apply through the legal process, you will not be eligible for this new parole program. What? Where the blank have you been, you senile old liar? What? (sighs) Wow. Okay, we got plenty to talk about with that whole situation. Is there anybody on the staff, in the audience, listening in the future, who didn't react to that by shaking their head sadly? I believe that was a universal human moment. We all connected in that moment. Every homo sapien who heard it shook their heads sadly. What kind of world is this? Yeah. Anyway, what is the new Biden policy? (laughs) He's heading to the border. Big crackdown, as the New York Times says. More on that coming up. Oh, God. Um, Joe Biden is a dummy. I saw Pancho Villa ride his horse right over that hill. <laughs> um, how does mailbag look? Who cares? Nothing matters anymore. Okay, that's on the way. And our text line is 415. 415- oh, oh, and clips of the week, too, right? Huh? 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. 
comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Biden's new immigration policy. We got to talk more about that later. Come on up. Stay tuned. I don't know if I can take it. Well, the human rights organizations are outraged, which makes me happy. Shut up. Shut up. Well, that means it's that means he's doing something. Well, yeah, that's true. So, so much to talk about. There's great email, actually, in Mailbag. We may not have much time for it, but uh, we've got a freedom-loving quote of the day. But first, let's take a fond look back at the first week of the year that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. Three, two, one, liftoff. A prisoner of Southwest Airlines, Michael. It's kind of like the bong room in college. Get a potato, cut it in half, get two slices out of it, put it beneath each foot, and cover it with a sock overnight. You showed the President of the United States your thong underwear. Where did you get the nerve? I mean, who does that? I have to face my mistakes, and I'm facing them. I'm not a fraud. I'm not a fake. I'm Catholic, but I'm also Jew-ish. We seek normalcy, not philosophical lunacy. There's nothing that indicates to me that he's going to change his pattern since he's been in leadership where he's part of the swamp cartel. I'm going to do what I did my very first act as a member of Congress and nominate Jim Jordan for speaker. Jimmy doesn't want the job. I would like to nominate the name of Byron Donalds. You actually want to be just a protest, though. Like, actually, no, not really. Never came here to try to be speaker. The choice is Kevin McCarthy or chaos. I nominate President Trump. Who do you want to be Speaker of the House? For the conference to decide, we need to come together. Who do you want? I'm asking who you want. What does it look like life after Kevin? I think a lot of people uh, who are sort of politically on that side of the aisle um, are missing the boat on this. They don't understand the gravity of the situation. They're thinking about this in partisan terms. The Kohlberger family finally broke their silence with a statement, and as a family, we will love and support our son and brother. Uh, But he has been named as our suspect, and we believe he is the one that uh, is responsible. Roommate Dylan was unharmed. The killer walked right by her. That is huge, absolutely huge. Now another Bills player is down. Tell exactly who that is. Maybe Hamlin. Hamlin received immediate medical attention on the field by team and independent medical staff and local paramedics. He was then transported to a local hospital where he is in critical condition. 
uh, we heard from the Russians in a rare admission that it was probably the cell phones that the soldiers were using to call home on New Year's Eve that gave away their position. That is just a rookie military error. Does Putin care? He's messianic. He doesn't care. Well, that's terrifying. Here, between 50 and 60 miles per hour, but go into some of the mountains just west of Reno, and they were upwards of 132 miles per hour. So yes, the wind performed, and it's still quite gusty. We got to run through that whole Idaho thing now that we know how they got on to the, the killer and stuff, because it's a pretty interesting story. It is indeed, and uh, I had it a little backwards, so I'm looking forward to chatting okay. with that. Some of, I tell you what, some of the details we discussed yesterday, and perhaps you all have heard, had me up last night. Had me a little twitchy laying in bed. Honestly. Interesting. Just chilling. Oh, it's the worst nightmare a human can face, practically. Uh, here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. One with Christopher Hitchens today. I know we're in the midst of an Abraham Lincoln uh, series. Oh, that's uh, the one from uh, yesterday apparently was fake. <laughs> so it was a fake inner uh, Abraham Lincoln quote. It was I, a hell of a good quote. Though. I wondered about that. Seemed awfully convenient to me at the time as well. But, yeah. you know, who has the time to vet these things? <laughs> Our listeners, apparently, and I thank you for it. Uh, yeah, we, we really don't have time for email, but I'll hit you with this from uh, Chris Hitchens. I am a member of no party. I have no ideology. I'm a rationalist. I do what I can in the international struggle between science and reason and the barbarism, superstition, and stupidity that's all around us. Mm. He is also rather an avid atheist, and uh, I, don't, I don't require that of my rational people, but some do. Um, how many Lincoln quotes that you hear are fake? Half of them. Half of what you hear attributed to me is fake. Abraham Lincoln. The thing to look for. Sixty-eight. The thing to look for is if the Lincoln quote mentions the internet, <laughs> you have to at least be skeptical. Right. Yeah. Right. How the whole the killings went down in Idaho. How they caught the guy. What happened in the in the in the party house that night? It's it's quite a story if you haven't heard it. Yeah, and absolutely worth doing mailbag. A devastating email from one of our listeners. It's changed everything for me. <laughs> Stay with us. Wow. Everything. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. 
It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The affidavit also says Koberger's cell phone suddenly stopped pinging cell towers around the time of the murders, indicating it may have been deliberately turned off. But they say it did show up near the victim's house 12 times in the weeks and months before the killings, a possible sign of stalking and planning. Weeks and months before the killings, he was driving by that house. Uh, you know, I know I'm I'm the only person I've heard bring this up. Maybe I'm getting sidetracked by a heinous, you know, of a heinous murder and focusing on that. But uh, so all of us who carry a cell phone, there's data of everywhere we've been over the last yes. several months that the government can access if they decide they want to. Correct. Interesting. Including when you have locations off or what have you. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, you are indeed one of the few who is emphasizing that aspect of the story, but it is significant. I will grant you that. Um, I will cut to the end of my analysis and then go back to the beginning. This guy was so clearly some sort of psychopath who decided he was so smart and so knowledgeable in uh, criminology, criminal law, that he could get away with a perfect crime. Oh, you think that's People enough. have cited Leopold and Loeb back in the 20s who famously killed a boy in, I think it was Chicago, oh, it doesn't matter really. right, I remember thinking that. Thinking that they could get away with it. Uh, and and they didn't, obviously. And I'm reminded of my old buddy, uh, professional you know, career law enforcement officer, who said, if you think you're smart enough to pull off a life in crime, that's proof you're not smart enough to pull off a life in crime. Well, if your theory is correct, then it's pretty surprising that he missed the detail of the whole cell phone thing. Yeah, well, he did turn his cell phone off during the commission of the crime, right? which is kind of a half-bright, half-ass method to avoid detection as he drove his own car well, right. to commit the unspeakable, horrible do deeds. So you had your cell phone on, drove your own car, then turned your phone off very cleverly right? to go in and kill him, and then turn it back on later and then go back the next morning to the place. With your cell phone on. With your cell phone on. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, that's there's that. Um, I had something backward. I had assumed that they had gotten the DNA, as it turns, off, uh, turns out, off of a knife sheath and gone to the DNA databases and gotten this guy on their radar. No, as it turns out, it was about the car. They identified a car of interest that was ooching about at that weird hour of the morning. And so they put out, um, oh, and they went with, like, security cameras all over the region. It had to be an enormous amount of, of man hours spent on this. But so they identified the white Hyundai Elantra, and then they had one uh, coming and going from the area around Washington State University as well. And they thought, okay, 
Let's figure out everybody who's registered in either state with a Hyundai Elantra, figure out who they are and start doing the, the footwork, start doing the, the painstaking work of figuring out who's who and if there's any conceivable connection. Right, which gets and then to... and then the DNA stuff only came out when they tracked this guy to Pennsylvania and they got DNA out of uh, uh, mommy and daddy's house's garbage and tied the family to the DNA on the sheath. That's when they moved in. So, do you think they probably would have figured it out eventually anyway? I mean, since they 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 were on to him before they even had the DNA match. Right. Yeah. Um. Uh, he was in the snare. Yeah. For quite a while. Before they decided to go ahead and, and, and pull it and, and bring him in. Yeah. He wasn't going anywhere in, unless he somehow eluded them, which happens. Well, it's interesting that he considered himself a criminal genius, but drove his own car. And that's how he got caught. I mean, in kind of the most basic of ways. Yeah, there's video cameras everywhere and they got your car, dude. You idiot. You murderous idiot who, you know, took four lives. That's horrible. Oh, oh, yeah. And that's... <sighs> That's one of the horrifying, one of the several horrifying aspects of this. Young people died over this piece of garbage's egotism and desire to test his knowledge of criminology. What a stupid freaking reason to lose your life. I mean, for your stuff is pretty stupid, too. Um, but it's just, it's so frustrating. I can't imagine the, the grieving the family's going through. Uh, but anyway, back to the particulars of the crime. Uh, one other, uh, set of facts that had emerged that we were not aware of was that one of the surviving housemates heard a number of extremely troubling in retrospect, uh, sounds of crying and bumping about and the rest of it. And a male voice saying, don't worry, I'm going to help you. Oh which could have been the soon-to-be deceased boyfriend, God rest his soul, could have been the murderer, hard to say. Yeah. And then she opened her door at one point after a second series of noises, and here comes a black-clad figure with a black mask over his face who comes toward her, then heads out the door. She locked her room and didn't call the cops for eight hours, I think. So on that, which has gotten a lot of attention... Was he wearing a mask like you see in burglar movies? Or when she said mask, did she, because mask has taken on a different meaning in the COVID era, because she mentions he had bushy eyebrows. So there was some speculation Mm -hmm. on one of the shows I was watching that he was wearing a COVID mask, not a a description. Her description of the guy was exactly this Koberger guy. Yeah. But But if he was wearing a COVID mask, that's a different thing than if he was wearing a you know, ski mask, I'm a burglar thing. I mean, if he's wearing, if he if he comes walking down the hall at her with a ski mask on and she doesn't call the police, that's a little troubling. Um, uh, if he's wearing a COVID mask, I don't know what your party lifestyle was like in college, but people you don't know walking in and out of your house in the middle of the night who may have been visiting, you know, a roommate is not unusual. No, indeed. And keep in mind, it was uh, colder than hell in the middle of the night in Idaho, too. So he could have had your, uh, what do you call it, uh, your hat that also includes a mask. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, your, I don't your mouth. I don't know how many people had this lifestyle. I'm, I've just read about it on, you know, in books and seen it on television. But sure. You yes. got you got a house full of young college people all drinking middle of the night. You know, my experience is it's not weird to get up and then, you know, go to the kitchen to get a drink of water. And there's some dude there or chick there. And you're like, hey, I, you know, and you don't call the police. Right. You, no. <laughs> 
Well, see, that's the thing. And, and there's a certain impulse among human beings to uh, judge harshly people involved in terrible things. It's a psychological defense mechanism, because if you can criticize what they did or the choices they made or where they went, you feel safer. You feel like, okay, I won't be a victim of that because I wouldn't have made that decision. And so for whatever reason, people need to judge harshly. I will tell you this couple of things. Number one, what Jack said. Everybody's out drinking until the wee hours of the morning. Who knows who's sleeping with who, who's coming and going, why somebody's crying, why somebody's bumping. Right. Uh, you know, I, I ought to get my, my youngest daughter on the phone, talk about living in a college house full of women, and occasionally in the middle of the night, a drunk girl will cry. And I'm not, I'm not making light of this. It's horrifying. But th- that and, and, you know, maybe you're stoned, maybe you got... Uh, there's pot lying around or or whatever and so on a vague impulse that something isn't quite right in the middle of the night when you've been drinking no you wouldn't necessarily call the cops no it would be yeah it would be pretty strange to i mean your roommate would come say you called the cops because my booty call walked out the door what the hell well of course he had a mask on it's freaking four degrees out right exactly it, it, in retrospect, it seems horrifying and inexplicable, mm-hmm. but it's it's really not. It's just it's it's sad because perhaps a life could have been saved. It's oh my god! Say. Think how chilling it is for her. Because oh. how did he not end up st- not stabbing her to death there in the hallway before he headed out the door? Probably only in a psychopathic. I'm such a genius mind. He thought I got to get out of here. Jeez, that's brutal. Yeah, that poor kid. She will never never be right. He's he's I mean, a. Sh- He's a crazy person. Any attempt to try to figure out the psychology of it will only make you crazier. Um, he's just, oh, it's, just, it's just a question of what brand of crazy he is. Yeah. I agree completely. Well, I was, just, yeah. I was watching the video of him in the courtroom. He's got the, he's got the lack of concern about this of the psychopath. He, he doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. He was observed in Pennsylvania wearing uh, surgical gloves a couple of times and cleaning the bejesus out of his car. Now, part of me, the the layman in me, said, "Wow, you got You can't let him do that because he's destroying evidence and all." I have a feeling that the cops thought, "A, there's no way you can get a car clean enough." No. Because we'll dig down into the padding and the rest of it, and if there's blood, we'll find it. Although, certainly, if you're an investigator in law enforcement, we'd love to hear your take. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Drop us an email. It's anonymous, of course. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. But I I guess I'm kind of surprised they didn't move in at that point. To keep him from washing the blood out of his car? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know what you can charge him with at that point, because they didn't have enough ready, obviously, to charge him with first-degree murder, but... Uh, apparently that wasn't a big enough concern. Yeah. Um, so another angle that I'm looking forward to finding out more about is the parents' knowledge or concern that he might be the guy. I mean, if, you're, if your kid is going to college, <clears throat> even if it's an older son, not a younger woman, if your kid is going to college... And the number one crime story in America is a few miles from where they're going to college and there are random murders in the middle of the night. You'd be paying attention to that story. And when you find out, like within days, that the car of the suspect is the car your kid drives, there's no way you don't think, wait a second. 
Is there? Yeah. Well, and if your son is about to earn a PhD in criminology and one of the most horrific criminal acts in the history of the region has just taken place, I'd imagine that would come up in conversation. And according to all his classmates from high school, he'd become a real weirdo senior year. And I'm sure he was a weirdo at home, just like he was a weirdo in the classroom. So your troubled son who lives right where the murders occurred, happens to drive the exact same car? I mean, even as the most charitable parent, you'd have to think, wait a second. So the question is, did dad fly across country to drive with his kid back to Pennsylvania because of that or something? Or I mean, because, you know, you could do that. It's kind of a fun road trip, but not not every dad feels the need to go uh, drive with their significantly older kid across the country. He would have been fine driving home by himself, in other words. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just I just wonder if the parents were kind of keeping an eye on him or something, or I don't know. I can't even imagine that I think experience. We'll, I think we'll I, find out. I don't out. know what I would think. <laughs> I bet we'll find out more about that. I don't know what I'd think either, but I'd have a damn sick feeling in my stomach. So just one more uh, note. Would, you bring, it, on, would, you, would yeah. you bring it up? Would you bring it up? I mean, I wouldn't... Uh, uh, Depending on what the kid was like, I have no idea what he was like at home um, or what the parents do about him. But say he's a normal kid. Mm-hmm. Still weird. You find out there's heinous murders near where your kid is in college and the person who did it drives the same car. Yeah. Would you say weird that, I mean, have the cops called you because you drive one of those cars? Or I, I, would, I feel like I'd say something like that. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, now, in this scenario you're spinning out, do I have concerns about my son? If my or kid's am I normal, still convinced he's my boy and, and there's no way he did it? If my kid's normal, I wouldn't have concerns, but I would bring up that just kind of... I, I would. Pr- Absolutely, I would. Of course I would. I'd say, yeah, have you been hassled over the, having that same car yeah. that they're looking for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody reached out to you? But if you had a weird kid who'd been on the, uh, you know, heroin addict, had lots of troubles in school, senior year, um, I don't know. That'd be troubling. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Uh, one final note, then we ought to wrap it up. Um, we talked about his uh, cell phone pinging towers in the area around the, the house of the horrible crimes. Uh, it was at least 12 times before the homicides, including as early as August 21st. Uh, the day before his classes began, and most of the occasions were late at night or early in the morning. He was clearly stalking victims. So the weirdness there is, and I, I assume we'll find out at some point, why them? What was your focus on them? Was it one of the girls? Was it the dude? I mean, what what got you focused on those people? I just think he was, like any predator, uh, surveying the possible prey and identified a house where uh, several people lived that he felt like he could penetrate. You look at that house, it'd be easy to burgle, even if you didn't know what you were doing. Yeah. What a horrible story. Oh, it's just terrible. Yeah. Um, anyway, more cheerful fare coming up, including an artificial intelligence generated haiku <laughs> about the Armstrong and Getty show. Oh, boy. <laughs> How's that for a change in tone? Oh, my God. Uh, You can weigh in on any topic. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, his forthcoming book, Prince Harry, claims that Prince William once knocked him to the floor during an argument about Meghan. Apparently the fight happened at the Buckingham Waffle Palace. <laughs> wow. It's fun when royals fight because they keep their pinkies out. <laughs> Harry was shocked because usually when they fight, they just stand back and tell their butlers what to do. But now, now perhaps a knee to the groin. Choke him out, Jeeves. Choke him out, Jeeves. Um, wow. That's pretty funny. You know, I rarely agree with Don Lemon of CNN, but he went on a screed yesterday, apparently, about uh, this new Prince Harry book. What the hell, dude? Everybody's got problems in their families, but they don't go tell everybody. You put out a book about all the dirty laundry of your family, and you're always, you know, the good guy in these stories. What the hell is that? Yeah. Uh, Prince Harry, it turns out, he's the nut. The other ones might be the normal ones who stayed in the royal family and keep going through that nonsense. He's a freaking nut. He's certainly wow. he's certainly oh, a harsh. self-obsessed nut. If I cared enough to agree with you, I might agree with you. But I, just, uh... I, I hate that celebrity thing now where you, you write books about everybody you've slept with and everybody that, you know, has wronged you. Always, of course, with you as the hero, generally. Mm-hmm. But sure. just that's just not cool. Keep your mouth yeah. shut. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. My favorite joke is that in that uh, fist fight with the Wills, uh, evidently uh, Harry's necklace got broken. And uh, and my favorite snarky comment online was, 
Dude, if I'm fighting my brother and my necklace gets broken, I'm taking that to the grave. (laughs) (laughs) Which is insisting on masculine stereotypes, and I don't appreciate it. How old is Harry? I think he's going to look back on this period of his life and think, ah, I was a bit off the rails then with the documentaries and the books and all the interviews, bad-mouthing my family and everything. He's in his 20s, isn't he? Eh, 30-ish, I don't know. Again, if I cared enough to check, I'd check. Uh, so a couple of things, a little bonus mailbag for you. First of all, Michael, do we still have handy the fabulous haiku music, the fascinating, the gentle, the beautiful art of the Japanese haiku? Why would any radio show have haiku music? Carl in OC writes, I asked the chat GBT uh, AI to write a haiku about the Armstrong and Getty show. Here's what it came up with. First, a long discussion of haikus, then wake up call from the pair. Armstrong and Getty on the air. Radio laughs abound. The five syllables, Jack. Wait a minute. That's wake up call. That's too many syllables. So the AI can't even count syllables. Wake up call from the pair. Wait a minute. That's six syllables. Supposed to be five, seven, and five. Everybody knows that. Artificial stupidity, you mean. Huh? Anyway. You know, the um, role of AI in the world is one well, of... Oh, Carl actually commented on that. He said, um, it acknowledged its mistake and we both moved on. So I wrote this haiku about the whole experience. Haiku will remain the dominion of humans, at least for now. And at least for now. That's four syllables. You're no smarter than a computer, Carl. So, Ian Bremer... <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasted your time with this crap. Ian Bremer is out with his risks list for the year. Uh, Hanson, I hope you're trying to get Ian on so we can talk to him about that. But in his top 10 risks is AI crosses the line this next year to where you can't tell it from humans in terms of it, you know, tweeting at you and you getting into conversations with you and stuff like that. And the effect it could have on conversations around the planet, which is pretty interesting. I just hope I'm the first guy to really get catfished by a robot so I can write a book about it or be in a movie or something. You know, the email I mentioned that uh, devastated me, it changed everything. We don't have time for it. Maybe we can squeeze that in next hour. Well, what, what are you going to do? The, croc, the clock is a cruel overlord. Joe Biden, the president, is really cracking down on illegal immigration? That's the headlines everywhere. Now? <laughs> well, this is kind of like your whole, uh, if your dog finally comes to you and you call it, you don't want to, you know, come on. I'm still going to kick it um, if my dog is Joe Biden, which is an odd scenario. <laughs> I'm having trouble following this. Um, <laughs> but are we going to finally crack down on the border? It looks like Joe Biden is going to the border on Sunday and has announced some new rules. We'll talk about that. If you miss an hour of the show, you can get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.